Anyway, what's happening next, uh, Peter? I think we should have Mark Graham on the line and um, Mark's heavily involved in uh, this uh, destructive logging that's um, been on the headlines. It's back back in the Dorigo area. That's right. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a staunch forest protector and ecologist out there in the mid-north coast and uh, doing huge amount of work. Uh, putting a lot of energy and a lot uh, to, to good effect because uh, at least it's making at least making them national news now with uh, the project on Sunday running uh, that uh, really good piece a seven minute piece on uh, you know really exposing the uh, the logging of koala habitat uh, and uh, th- here's here's a little snippet from the project just to set the scene. The survival of the species threatened by bushfire and loss of habitat. Fighting to stay alive. Their habitat bulldozed for development. Scientists say that the population in the state of New South Wales has decreased by up to 60% in the last 11 years. It's no secret koalas are in trouble. And one-fifth of the state's koala population lives in this region. Right next door to these pristine national parks, the state-owned forestry corporation has been convicted of felling trees vital to the koala's survival. The Forestry Corporation answers to three state government ministers, or it's supposed to anyway, and it's now facing multiple prosecutions over the destruction of koala habitat. That could see it fined millions of dollars. Good morning, Mark. You're an ecologist. Can you fill us in on the detail of what's happening back there in the, in the Dorigo area? Good morning, Peter. It's nice to join you this morning. Sadly, old growth forest within Ellis State Forest is being felled this very day. These areas are known to be of global significance to our koalas. There's evidence of these old growth trees, uh, upon these old growth trees of uh, large males, in that very forest. Almost the entire surrounding landscape sustains significant harm and damage and there are many dead forests in that landscape because of the Black Spring fires. So where the fires burnt from Bees Nest Fire in September 2019 right through until the Mega Mega Liberation Trail Fire in November 2019. And this area in Ellis State Forest that's currently being logged, this area of old growth forest, Parts of it didn't burn, and most of it burnt very lightly, which means that it's effectively a refuge for our globally significant fauna. So there are koalas in there, there are yellow belly gliders, there are stuttering frogs, there are uh, greater gliders in these forests. These are magnificent 40-plus metre stand-height eucalypt forests, and in this time, in the year 2022, these forests are being destroyed this very day. And in the last week, there's been a 50% addition to the harvesting pressure. It went from kind of two crews up to three working in these old growth forests. And it's a global shame what's playing out in Ellis State Forest. I I find it horrendous that that people are so ignorant in this day and age that they don't realise the absolute importance. We're part of a system, you know, and, and we're not talking a handful of... Uh, reliant animals here we're talking over a thousand endangered species in New South Wales alone and and there is no selective logging anymore as with the new regulations and and Matt Keane is making a lot of noise but he's not it's not working they're ignoring they're ignoring um, what's happening uh, Look, there's, hmm. there's no there's no way what the state logging 
agency is currently doing will double our koala populations. It will halve or worse our koala population. We reported last weekend, or the weekend before last, 56 crimes to the EPA. They came out and dismissed the lot. Been in there last weekend with an independent tree health expert to um, reinvestigate. And whilst the EPA said that the wounds on these giant centuries-old brush boxes and talawoods and blue gums were superficial, this tree health expert concluded that many of these wounds were significant. They were going to... They've already compromised the health of these trees and they're going to shorten their lifespan. Um, as well as that, there is a giant, uh, a legitimate giant brush box, which we measured um, diameter at breast height, 30 centimetres above the ground on the upper side, um, at 151 um, down to 147 centimetres. All trees over 140 centimetres, all brush box trees need to be protected by law. And this tree's been logged and the EPA came in and said it was 138 centimetres. So I'm inviting the EPA and Minister Griffin to come and show me the tree that they measured. We'll measure together. Um, you know, there's been an independent assessment done. Um, these are acts of koala extinction and they're egregious acts of ecocide and it's got to stop. It's the regional water supply catchment area. These are really critical parts of the proposed Great Koala National Park. One in five koalas depend upon that area for their future and they're being their habitat is being obliterated and their decline to extinction is being accelerated. Yes. And so, you you know, Matt Keane uh, calls the EPA the tough cop on the beat. He claims credit for having uh, given them some backbone and made, given them some teeth. What would you say to, to the claim that the EPA are a tough cop on the beat after seeing them in action out there? Well, since making those reports um, eight days ago, we went in and reinvestigated and clearly they've dismissed all of these legitimate crimes that have been mapped and photographed and, you know, substantive evidence provided. But since then, additional crimes have been committed. So a massive multiple century old Tallowood had really significant uh, wounds to its base where a 25 tonne plus machine had driven over it and gouged at its base. We found another critically endangered scrub turpentine that had been mashed by a machine. It's highly likely to die in the coming weeks or months. Um... You know, these. I don't have any faith or confidence in the EPA after having seen their um, appalling dismissal of what were substantive, legitimate crimes and breaches of the very few laws that forestry operates under. Yeah, yeah it's a complete, complete ignorance by the people who are allowed to be in that forest. They they have no understanding of um, of, of you know if, if you damage the bark of the base of those trees, it, it lets infection in and, and the tree ends up dying. Now, this is this is primary school stuff. I've learnt this at primary school. I've been in the land all my life. It's not just kind of fungi and other pathogens, but it's the actions of fire. So, you know, we're going to get more and more fire. So when you, when you take away the bark, the protective uh, covering of these eucalypts, you let fire in and that's then a significant... Um, process that will shorten their lifespan because the fire gets in, it weakens them and, you know, even with repeated fire events, we've we've seen in Black Spring and Black Summer literally millions of old growth irreplaceable trees taken down by fire. And for example, in the case of glossy black cockatoos, and this landscape used to be a state significant stronghold for them, I've done four or five months of surveys up there now where previously prior to the fires I would have seen hundreds of individuals, I've seen two in that landscape, it would now appear as though glossy black cockatoos are 
very close to extinct. It appears as though they're functionally extinct. And I'm in discussions with the State Conservation Agency staff working on it, and they concur with my assessment. Yes, I was out scouting the other day for koalas and, you know, it's, it's alarming how few you can find in areas where once they were prolific. Um, but I, I wanted to, you and I have both been on uh, social media since the, uh, uh, t- the project was aired and, uh, and, and seeing some of the comments, uh, obviously people are appalled by what they're seeing in, the, in that report, but also a, a few industry apologists coming on and saying, oh, but, you know, we get all of our, our, our timber power poles from here so we've got to keep logging in these forests and and those forests are plantations anyway what would you say to some of those those claims that uh, you know that these well, these forests aren't that really that significant and the things we get out of them are more important well the latter claim about it being plantation that's just a blatant lie these are old growth tall eucalypt forests um when it comes to power poles and other um structural needs we've got all sorts of um alternative materials which can be used which don't Require It's not critical that we take out big, tall eucalypt forests to do this. Um, I guess if we're looking at power poles, I mean, undergrounding our power supply negates the need for any form of pole. But in the event that we can't use eucalypt poles, we've got concrete, we've got metal, we've got composite materials. Um, you know, there are a series of alternative materials available that don't necessitate creating koala extinction. It's that simple. It seems to be the driver, though, for this whole thing is that, uh, but, you know, we say, oh, koalas are being driven to extinction and people say, yeah, but people need wood chips. And they just sort of like, they do actually dismiss. I saw, you know, Hamish McDonald on the, on the project saying, oh, we all love koalas and nobody would disagree with saving the koalas. But there is actually a small but significant part of the community who, can, who do take the attitude that the koalas are expendable, don't they? Oh, look, I, I, I suspect that there are people who, you know, don't give a, don't give a brass razzoo about koalas. Um, that's disturbing. You know, they are iconic. And if we get koala conservation right, so much of our additional uh, forest biodiversity and our, our globally significant forest fauna will be given a future. Um, you know, koalas really are an iconic and flagship species for a reason. And the guff coming out of the government about doubling their population just doesn't pass muster. It's actually an absolute lie when you've got James Griffin and Matt Keane and all the other who has in the coalition allowing this blatant, broad-scale destruction of the best koala habitats whilst putting out into the media that they're doubling their population. It doesn't wash. It's a blatant lie, and the lies have got to stop. Well, that's interesting you mentioned that because uh, I have audio here of Justin Fields grilling Matt Keane about New South Wales Forest Corps logging uh, of koalas. So I might play that for you, and we can have a further discussion on that afterwards, eh? Awesome. Is logging koala habitat in state-owned public native forests making doubling the koala population easier or harder? Well, I think there's no... uh, I mean, logging any koala habitat is going to make it harder to achieve those objectives, which are in the state's interest, in my view, to protect our koalas and our biodiversity. And, um, you know, certainly as Treasurer, I'll continue to look at ways where we can uh, meet that objective. So it would be your preference that we weren't logging koala habitat in New South Wales? It's my preference that we protect our biodiversity in sustainable ways. And yet, uh, when challenged, what are you going to do directly? Uh, Matt Keane has no answer to how to withdraw the state government agency from uh, logging our public native forests. Uh, how, how does that how does that make you feel, uh, Mark? Appalling. 
<laughs> it's, it's all appalling. It's just we, we live in the time of doublespeak, of extreme disinformation, and the reality is that the coalition government are koala killers. Going back to Berejiklian and Barilaro, this is an outfit of koala extinction and shame on them across all space and time. Global shame upon every parliamentarian in the coalition who is complicit in this. And on the North Coast, we've got the National Party. Galactus is going. I think he's going with a significant amount of shame on his shoulders. But then we've got Gurmesh singing coughs and we've got Mel Pavey, who are cheerleaders for koala extinction. Shame on them. Absolutely. Uh, it, it appalls me that the ignorance of of people who are in there do, doing involved with this destruction, um, they're not qualified to be in there and dealing with this in the public native forest. Our, our iconic species are our responsibility, and to to blatantly ignore in the manner that they're doing. And the best we've got is Matt Keane, who in some areas we think is doing a good job, but he's, he's obviously frightened off by the pressure that's been put on him. Um, well, they're look, the I wrong mean, people they're, they're, in the yeah. job. The wrong, they are not qualified to be in that forest and dealing with our public native forest. Look, it, it, I think it goes from the ground, and there is a willful and intentionalness to this. They're hitting the best of the old growth. They've used the LIDAR radar data to scan and to go, well, where, where's, the, where's the koala candy? We'll get to that quickly. But the Forestry Corporation has engaged in an intentional hit job, an extinction job on all the best koala habitats. So currently we've got Ellis being absolutely decimated, and we've also got Bagawa to the west of Cops. That area is dripping with koalas. Every single grey gum in the forest is laden with scratches. These are known to be globally significant koala hotspots. Arcs and hubs that the State Conservation Agency has identified that the Forestry Corporation goes in and annihilates with their industrial logging regimes. It used to be selective logging. The old loggers I've spoken to from 50 years ago are horrified at what they're doing to the forest now. There is no selective logging. The, the, the new IFOAs have obliterated all of that and uh, it, it is, it, it's moronic. To put it nicely, it's moronic what they're doing. Well, it's, I go so far as to say it's suicidal because these forests are the very fabric of life. They provide the base flow for our rivers. They hold so much carbon. They are our answer to the climate crisis. Um, of course, in days gone by, not that many years ago, these giant trees that have all been damaged, there needed to be a five-metre buffer around them. So machines couldn't go within five metres. That was stripped. And now these giant machines go in and bugger them up and, you know, damage them, harm them and shorten their life. So we're going backwards. We yep. really, we're going backwards at a rapid rate of knots. And, yeah, technically there is some type of sustainable yield in these forests and the old foresters were probably doing something pretty close to that. But we've got 25, 27-tonne machines trashing entire forests. You can't take a machine of that size into these beautiful forests and not absolutely harm the whole system and destroy it. The mashing of the understory, the churning of the soil, the compaction of the soil, as well as, of course, the damage on the trees that are supposed to be legally retained and protected. It's an extinction operation of the highest order. And it just, it, it, it's alarming. And the world needs to know about this. It really does. The recommendation on the new IFOAs was a 30 metre buffer on an unmarked watercourse. They reduced it to five metres and then they ignored it. And this is your aquatic species, your water quality to the coast. And 
We wonder why we have sedimentation in rivers because of this ignorance. Now, we questioned Chris Galaptis personally on, um, on these new regulations. He knew nothing about them. He said, we get paperwork thrown in our face a couple of days prior and we have to vote on it. Well, if you don't understand it, you shouldn't have voted on it. But they're just a bunch of sheep. They, they sh- you know, it's on their back. We, we elect them to represent us, which, and they, they should be qualified to vote on these, on this stupidity. And it, it's a p- pathetic excuse and they all use it. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. So um, I did see Galapagos quoted yesterday saying he was proud of his role in the Koala Wars. I'm also aware that Galapagos was previously a, a consultant. I actually came across him in a um, professional capacity. So, you know, he does have some, presumably have some capacity to interrogate, review and understand, you know, technical materials. But he chooses not to because it's just blind redneck ideology. And that's what the New South Wales Nats are on the North Coast. Blind redneck ideologues who are literally disadvantaging their own constituents in the agriculture and the fishing industry because they're buggering up entire catchments. Ellis, Clouds Creek, Wild Cattle Creek, the whole Clarence River is dependent upon the health of that because that's the Nimboida and the Blix River, 130,000 people get their drinking water supply, all the farmers and the fishers downstream need those catchments to be healthy, to continue to flow, to continue to be clean, and we've got an operation right now that is demonstrably harming that and permanently impacting upon water security. We're in dire straits. This is existential stuff that is playing out at an accelerating rate of knots in the public forest estate. Is exactly right. Our health is the river health, the water health, and it starts in those hills where nobody can see it and uh, the contamination, the aquatic species suffer and um, it continues to the coast, all the, all the fishing, the fish breeding grounds. Um, it, it is absolute ignorance. I, I, I'm astounded at the ignorance we're showing on this matter. Oh, look, we're all going to suffer the consequences, including those doing the harm, you know? Like, this is this is dire stuff. Like, I'm actually potentially tomorrow going up in a chopper to document the loss water security across the regional water supply catchment area. It depends a bit upon the weather. But we can quantify the extent to which our water security has been permanently impacted upon and harmed and lost. It's like puncturing the tank at the top of the catchment, the base flow, and you can't repair it. It's like a fatal wound to your water security. Australia's drying out, getting hotter. We need the Dorigo Plateau to be as wet as it damn well can for as long as it can because that's... that's that's our water security. And, you know, whole swathes of the Murray Darling Basin are being abandoned and taken out of productivity because they don't have water security. Yeah, yeah. It is madness. and it, But most, most people now see the madness, Mark. I think that those who are, you know, in the koala killer faction uh, are, are seriously outnumbered, you know, 10 to 1 kind of thing. So what, what are you asking for people to do now to help with Ellis? Like you're saying that there's, there's old-growth koala habitat being logged in Ellis today. What, what, what would you like people to do today to help stop that from happening? Look, uh, I guess from people's, um, you know, desktop warriors sending uh, letters, emails, um, getting active on social media. But if people would like to join us on the ground, it doesn't look like the EPA is going to issue a stop work order. So we 
may well look at doing a community stop work order. There's significant concern across the community about these ongoing egregious crimes and koala extinction operations. Likewise, at Bagawa State Forest, you know, there's a whole host of really concerned community members and... You know, we, we may yet need to directly oppose the ongoing old growth destruction and I would encourage anybody with time or interest and resources to get behind the ongoing campaign to stop the ecocide and to try to prevent the extinction of our koalas, most pointedly within Ellis State Forest. Well, thank you uh, for bringing it to our attention today, Mark, and, and thank you for, for your, all your efforts to stand up for forests and to get others to do the same. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep uh, a, a line on this and hopefully you can keep us posted with, uh, with developments as they occur. Look, I'd, I'd love to. Thank you so much for the chance to come and speak on behalf of The Voiceless. Um, we've got to do the best we can by our future and that of all future generations and our forests are our future. Yeah, th thank you, Mark. That's, that's great information you've given us and, well, not great, but uh, informative. Um, thank you again. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. That was Mark Graham, uh, who's a forest ecologist down there in the, uh, the Dorigo Coffs Harbour region. And uh, he's been out in Ellis State Forest measuring and documenting the, uh, the damage being done by our New South Wales Forest Corps. Uh, the the state-owned corporation which is responsible for logging our public native forests and uh, you know forcing our koalas into extinction it's an absolute disgrace absolute disgrace the EPA toothless um, we've had this discussion with them down at Coffs Harbour and um, they, they're just a front they're defunded there's a handful of people and um, they do nothing and do nothing and Matt Keane really needs to pick his act up if he's the best they've got, we should change government. He is indeed the minister who is responsible for forestry. Uh, he is the he is the uh, the the shareholder minister for the forestry corporation. So they've tried to disperse forestry around amongst a bunch of different ministries, and and uh, Dougal Saunders is another one who's got his hands on in the pie. But uh, but Matt Keane's the top bloke. Uh, he's the treasurer, and he's the former minister for the environment. And he's the one who really we need to be putting the the screws on to 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 get him to actually do the right thing here. I know Justin Field, that was a great uh, session that Justin Field had that we played that snippet from before and he was fronting him with some very direct questions which Matt Keane was uh, looking very dodgy as he tried not to answer them. Uh -huh.